Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes and with me for the third time is Danny Fisher. Danny, welcome back. Crazy. Thank you, Andy, for having me. Wow. Um, your first time you were here in this room was October 8th, 2018. Wow. Yeah. That's, we called that's... it a Player Spotlight Podcast. Sure. I me, remember you, that. and Chris. Yep. We talked about your journey to D1 Golf. Thrilling. <laughs> so thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next time was, wait for it. Where is it? It's called Danny Fit. Oh, yeah. December 12th, 2019. So the year after that. So right before COVID. Right before COVID. Got it. And then yeah. we missed last year. Sure. And now we're, we're here. So we've basically got two years. Yeah. We've got some catching up to do. Two years. <laughs> yes. You have... I mean, you've got the Chambers Bay hat, the Rich Harvest Farms T-shirt. Really All like? Decked out. Do you have like a Pine Valley head cover or something no, downstairs? No, no, okay. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. All right. Um, you're coming off of a successful fall season. What do you say? Yeah, I was pleased. There's definitely some things that, um, you know, Chris and we can uh, touch up for sure, but. Overall, yeah, I was pleased. Yeah, maybe we should. If someone doesn't know who you are, you play golf yeah. at, at the University of Miami of Ohio. Miami University, but it's fine. Thank you for correcting yes, me. I, I apologize. I apologize to you and all the other really the Red University. Hawks. Are they the, yeah. Red Hawks? the Red Hawks? I apologize Correct. to Red Hawk Nation yeah. for my slip. Wait, so what is it? Miami Uni University. It's Miami University. Uh -huh. What did I call it? University of Miami. Oh, that's one in Florida. Yes. But it's, I mean... We Miami... Wait, it's the Miami... <laughs> University. Wait, what's the real... What's the good one? University of Miami? The Ohio? good one? No, no, the, the real oh, one. The right one. Miami University. Miami University. Sorry. Right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But the one in Ohio works, too. The one in Ohio. Just yeah. The one... The yeah. Miami in Ohio. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. And, but you were a former student... Well, I guess you're still a student of the academy, but you started mm -hmm. in high school. You were in N360. Um, and then you went on to play Division One golf. So we've we've had two previous podcasts kind of like talking about that. But now, right, um, you're in your middle of your junior year. Mm -hmm. I guess what you like got COVID. Let's oh, so maybe let's get into that. so sure. So last time we talked was right before COVID, which was basically after your freshman year. Mm -hmm. Which you, I remember you like. We talked about how you like went down to school. You had qualifying where I remember you had the play with like half a set and you shot like 66, 65, yeah. 65. Okay. Right. Sorry. Um, and, and just like, it was a good, like it was a good start to your like college. Right. Career. And yeah. And that's kind of, well, you know, no, they have at the golf practice. The universe is, I'm staring at it right now. The universe has plans for you. And you know, it kind of looks like that straight line for a little bit. I played every event freshman year up mm -hmm. until covid hit us in you know mid-march um and then practice a bunch during covid game felt good 
Um, and then, you know. Oh, yeah, so season canceled, right? Fall season was canceled of my sophomore year. F- spring season? F- just the fall, fall season. Okay, got it. Got so got we, it. our first event was down in Sea Island. Um, shout out to Harris English. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then struggled the final round and then kind of didn't make my way back into the lineup very much that spring season. So you were, um, so sorry, hold on. You, the first event was at Sea Island. Mm-hmm. What, like, what p- number on the team were you playing? I can't remember. Maybe three or four okay. out three of five. Or four out of, okay, out of five. Um, and then you played poorly one round and you just, like, didn't get picked for the next tournament? Or how did they decide? Yeah. Um, I I played solid the first rounds and then, I mean, shot a million, 82 to be exact. Um, the final round and, yeah, coach felt like it was the right decision to go with different guys and... Um, yeah, so that's what happened. And then from there, you know, lost a little bit of confidence and let it affect me maybe more than I should have. Um, and then it was very rocky the rest of that spring season. So what, like, were you invited to do, like, to qualify for tournaments that you didn't do? Or was it kind of just like the coach picks who goes? Yeah, no, I did qualifying the next week. Um, but you weren't feeling good. Yeah, struggled. Yeah. A little bit. Um, when you, when you, um, we all lose confidence. When you lose confidence, like what, like what tends to go? Like, I lost confidence with my driver. Okay. And it, I wouldn't say it was the yips. I know people are scared of that word, but um, it was just, yeah, I, you know, playing good golf. I know what that feels like, and it's more of a free feeling. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, every shot mattered so much um, during that, you know two three month stretch so yeah that you were what just like pressing too hard Press, yeah exactly and then you know doubting myself and not being super committed and that tends to add up especially you know necessarily not playing the most meaningful rounds but thinking it's the final round of the u.s open when you know it's tough and i had my high school coach text me and be like hey just pretend i went to lake forest high school pretend you're just you know playing nine holes with your buddies and i tried so hard to do that but um, yeah, it took a yeah. toll for sure. Wait, wait, what, uh, these are my favorite things. Like, yeah. when, you know, it's like when I'm struggling, I'll like, you know, read a book or listen to a podcast mm-hmm. and they'll be like a good idea. Like, hey, just imagine you're playing with your buddies. And you right. like sit there and you think about it. And you're like, oh, I can do that. And then yeah. you like and then hit you, a bad shot on the first hole and you're like, right. no, I can't do that. Totally. So, was yeah, there anything else like that that you tried? Um, not really. I mean, I also fell into the habit of going on Instagram too much and looking at people's swings, and I started obsessing about my swing. Oh, I mean, no. it, was, it was this rabbit hole of craziness, and I would text Chris a lot, and he kind of knew what was going on. And like, um, wait, so what? So you were, well, you were like, my swing's not good enough. Essentially, because you know, in order to hit the ball poorly, something must be off a little technically. Sure. Which of course it was, but you can obviously still make it work. Yeah. Um. I didn't have the wherewithal in my mind to believe that my swing could work. So, um, so what did, what were you seeing, and and then what did you try to? My, I mean, I could about? from that period, and as of right now, I haven't looked at a swing video in about four months. That's really smart, which yeah. is fun. Um, but I've got about thirty-five of my swings on my camera roll still from that time period, and I was just dissecting the. The very finite parts of the golf swing that I there. 
I mean, of course they matter, but like I've never looked at those things before. So why does it matter now? Um, And then I would look on Instagram and see, oh, how does Brooks Kepka do this? Or how does some mini tour player do this? Um, So it was very much looking at the next bright thing of how can I shoot 68 tomorrow Mm -hmm. and be back. So if we're getting like, are we talking backswing position, takeaway, uh, what, what? What was drawing your eye? Literally everything. Literally everything. Okay. Yeah. Different thing each day. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. Um, so yeah. All right. Do you ever try like the Kepka like super boat rest? No, like shut never, base at the top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we try not to get shot <laughs> because <laughs> that left miss can come in pretty yeah. fast. But yeah. Yeah. All right. No, yeah, that was a tough period for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. I mean, this is this is like golf. I mean, it golf is in golf. the instant yeah. golf in like the last ten years is you know golf instruction maybe is summarized by like and then I started looking on Instagram too much. Right, and, <laughs> and that's like, the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> um, so so that was spring, sophomore uh, year. Spring of sophomore year, yes, and we yeah, and I just finished the fall season of junior year. Yep. So, spring. So this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no, less than yeah. a year. Yeah. Yeah, less than a year. And then, mm-hmm. okay. So, you did you not play in another event the whole season? I mean, the whole spring. Um, we had an individual event at Purdue. So the guys who were in the lineup played at the Campin course at Purdue. Yeah. And then we played at the Ackerman course, which was really nice, and that yeah. was fun. I think I shot like. 76, 74, 74 or something. So it was fine, but it like kind of an easy course and took some positives away from that. And then I went down to the MAC championship as kind of like a p- assistant coach almost, which was an All interesting right. experience. But that was cool. Okay. I thought, yeah, it was nice. So you got to like hang out with guys. It was nice guys. to be included. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then kind of jumped into summer golf from there. Okay. And this summer, in w- you went to Chambers Bay qualified so i qualified bef- during oh. covid actually so oh. that fall season right. that was canceled yeah um i qualified and so that was he- what here the i US, am us us four ball four ball okay so here i am which was i played great my fall covid year where college golf was canceled yeah and then i come off of a terrible spring yeah. season but yeah. i'm still in this tournament from based to on my playing on the fall yeah. yeah and that was fun uh my high school coach and i or my assistant high school coach and i were the ones that qualified so that was nice our first ever round playing yeah. 18 holes was our qualifier well wow. so that's a fun little fact but um yeah and then that was a super cool experience went out with my dad and that was awesome played with Stuart Hagestad. i don't know if you know Stuart Hagestad, yeah. but Played with him in the practice round. Um, so wow. I, Br- is he good? Yeah, he's good. Um, he's good. I heard he, I heard he's like an amateur, but he's like a member at like five clubs. So he's like basically a professional. Yeah, they call like, him a professional amateur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I only have nice things to say about him. Um, but going to a field like that, I will say in hindsight, boosted my confidence a little bit because. You know, you had to have some credentials to get into that tournament. Um, so it was like, hey, like, I am meant to be here, and, you know, I belong. So that was really cool. Did you play well? Uh, not great. We didn't make match play, but, um, yeah, cool All experience right. nonetheless. Um, did you have a, like, how'd the rest of the summer go? Did you have a turning? Was there, like, a a point you turned things around? 
Yeah, so I'm actually staring at my summer schedule right now so I can remember. Um, I played the CDJM, which is that uh, it's just a stroke play turned into match play kind of bracket thing run by the CDGA. Um, And I didn't feel like I played good and made it to the quarterfinals, I believe, eventually lost. Um, But that was a little confidence because it was like, hey, like I felt like I played not very well and – you know, finished. I only lost by like two shots in the stroke play, and um, made it to match play. Won my first match, and then after that event, I went to the trans miss, um, which is a really high level amateur field that I was shocked that I got in. I got in off the wait list and uh, made the cut there and finished like t thirty in a really really good field. Um, you know, I shot two under par rounds. I was like kind of on the cut line that second round and was feeling a little bit nervous and hung in there. So that was awesome. Um, and then lost or didn't make it out of my USAM qualifier the next week and then shot 66 in my Illinois Open qualifier two Ooh. days after that. Well, of course. So, Sunset Valley, actually. Oh, <laughs> so sick. a little home vibes. Wow. But um, that's a really lo- like, that's not that easy, of course. Maybe yeah. it is. Maybe it's easy to do. No, it's, I don't it's know. short, but um, they tucked the pins and it was good. But kind of the transmiss that period, I almost didn't play the transmiss because I was like, "Gosh, my game's not ready to compete." I remember talking to my parents about that. But drove it to Minnesota. That went well, and that kind of stretch, you know, gave back confidence. I mean, I made eight birdies, shooting sixty-six. Had my buddy on the bag, so it was just all very comfortable and kind of felt like i was maybe back you know mm. a little bit so that was at the illinois open illinois qualifier. open qualifier and then a week later i, I once at, shot one under at sunset with nice. eight clubs well what are you at seven clubs now yeah <laughs> well, actually, yeah I just maybe no. it's it's yesterday you were right i don't i, I wasn't. feel like you were like chirping me a little bit when you're like what's the <laughs> lowest you've ever shot with a half set 80 like I'm like shooting like 85. Like I guess I don't know. You don't know me that well. I, but I don't know your game a ton. But if if someone was like out shooting 85 and also being this like apostle of like a half set of right. clubs, you'd be like, "That's a person's an idiot." Like you, you, need, more you need more clubs. Yeah. <laughs> like get a bigger bag, dude. Yeah. Well, one under at sunset. Those greens are legit, actually. I yeah. think. Um. So I had like five days off. Would that have wait? Would that have qualified? One under. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I think even got out. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, um, it was like it was a casual round. I I shot <laughs> I would have shot eighty in just a tournament. Um, and then I played the Illinois Am, which I'd actually never qualified for. I still haven't. I got in from winning the Chick Evans in senior year of high school. Okay, which is so hilarious because it got canceled because so, oh, of COVID, geez, so. so it just moved to next yep. year. So I still haven't qualified for the Illinois Open or mm. Illinois Am. Shot. What did I shoot there? One under for four days with a final round of five under 67. Mm. So that was good. And that final day is 36 holes. So I shot 74 in the morning, 67 in the afternoon. Yeah. And that was a good boost. I finished like tied for 14th, I think. And then five days later, I played a ton of golf in July. Played the Western Am qualifier. 
and seeing the kids in that, it was kind of like the same field as the transmiss mm-hmm. is what the Western Am is. So I played the qualifier shot two under, I think, and was an alternate, like the third alternate. So I was on site for the Western Am, like hitting balls and stuff. No WDs, though, unfortunately. But like, So short- it's just like if someone didn't show up, you'd, be, you'd have been in? Well, is that what you're talking if about? Two people didn't show up. Yeah. Okay, so there's like a chance. That oh, they, totally. Yeah, all right. yeah. Or if some kid gets sick or hurt. Yeah, or, yeah. Right. Um, so, going to the Transmiss, going to the Western Am. Unfortunately, didn't play, but just got a lot of good vibes and like. I watched this kid. This kid was ranked third in my class, and I'm hitting balls right next to him, type thing. Yeah. Um. So huge confidence boost, and then played the Illinois Open. And, well, I will mention I played the North Shore Am at Sunset Valley as an extra tournament, which was fun. Wow. 400 bucks in pro shop cred. You won? No, I came third. Oh, and you got 400 bucks? Yeah. So I shot even par there. It was all right. Um, Felt like I could have won that. And then a couple days later, play Illinois Open and shoot with Chris Olerking on the bag. Wow. So that was fun. Had had, um, he caddied for you before? No. He never really even watched me, I guess, play a full tournament. So, jeez, which is I don't know if that's saying one, time. one thing or the other. All right, um, but that was super fun. I feel like he, it was just as beneficial for me as for him because he got to see what my game was like under pressure, short game, and then also seeing you know the guys that I'm playing with. Like we were final round, made the cut, played with the guy who shot the course record, 62, and he's got. I think Latin America status or PGA Tour Canada status. And granted it was 62, but like you could see how he did it and it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, like I could, I can never do that type yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, that was a cool experience. Wait, so what, so that, so was there anything from that tournament that like Chris saw or like you guys, like your coach brought to your game? Mm-hmm. Like, like do you have an example? Um, anytime I'm faced with pressure, which is usually almost every shot in the tournament, um, I tend to get impatient in my swing and walking and green reading everything. So from the top, if I get impatient, my hips go and the club falls inside and I'm trapped. Hmm. Um, so staying patient, the club can get out in front and uh, yeah. So literally he would tell me that before every shot and it was really hard mentally to stay in it, but, um, yeah, I think I made double on 16 in the third round. Otherwise, it would have been a pretty nice finish. But So did that, like, uh, change? Does that, is that something you think about now as you're playing? Patience? Yeah. That's all I thought about the, fall, the last. Oh. It's like, how can I get the club started before my hips, essentially, on the way down? And then it's, like, today I was working on making sure my backswing can match my downswing. So. Wait, does that actually happen? The club actually gets started before your hips? That's just what you feel? No, that's what I feel. Okay. Like, my body's still moving, but <laughs> it's almost feeling like a pause at the top and my arms go first. Mm. So, it. yeah. And then that kind of ended the summer. I took a week off after that um, and then kind of jumped, went, drove back to school and jumped into the fall season. So in this fall, what was, was there... Like, how are you feeling going back to school after having, like, kind of had a failure of a, you know, not a failure, but, you know. No, a disappointing saying, spring. Disappointing spring. But I had a ton of confidence going off yeah. of this summer. Yeah. Um, and we got, had a coaching change. Ah. Which, um, 
at least helped me a ton. Um, we brought in actually a player who played at Miami f- four years ago, maybe. So okay. a 25 year old leading the squad. Wow. Um, and the vibes were, I mean, really chill. It reminds me of high school golf a little bit mm. where you can be free and, you know, don't, and I thrive in that environment. So that was super refreshing. And, um, I think it showed a little bit. So, yeah. What, it, I mean, what, what yeah. happened, I guess I don't, well, we played five events. Um, uh, played all five. Um, what, what position on the team were you playing? Usually one. So dramatic shift there. Um, granted we had a couple kids leave who were key pieces of last year's team, but, um, felt like could hang a little bit. Um, First week at Indiana, their new foul course, which, by the way, could be the hardest golf course I've ever played. Why? Um, would not. I mean, would it? recommend. Well, it stretches back to 8,100 yards. Okay. We didn't play it from That's there. Stupid. But fescue, like it's five like, steps off the fairway. You're losing a ball? Yeah. Oh. At least hitting professional. Oh. Um, crazy rough and long and pretty undulating greens. So, And it's mm. zoysia grass, which is interesting. Let's zoysia grass. I hear it on TV, but... Yeah. um, I think you find it more in the south and kind of in, like, the St. Louis area, but the ball, like, sits up, which is nice in the Mm. fairway, but, you know, you don't get a ton of roll. It's kind of, like, prickly, like, spongy almost. Ah. It's interesting. Um, But that was good. I shot four over there and finished T11. Which is probably That's, compared to other events. No, you shoot four over. Like I shot four. I shot two over our last event and finished fifty second. Got it. Right. So usually scores are lower, but again, didn't make many putts that week and felt like I could have, you know, had a chance to win if they dropped. So next week, quick turnaround. We go to Minnesota, where the same course where I played the Transmiss. So I had good vibes there. Wait, the next week. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The next I thought you week. said like next week. And oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay, sorry. What so course Wins- is that? I'm from Minnesota. Windsong. Windsong Farm. Sweet. Never played it, but. Really? So Jack Ebner on our team, shout out Ebbs, is a member there. Oh. So when I went up the first time in July, I stayed with him. and played So it. just good homie vibes nice. there. Nice. Play there. And shot 68, 72, 68 for minus five and a T6 finish in a really good field. Yeah, like who um, else was – what other teams were uh, there? Kansas ended up winning. Notre Dame was there. Um, a lot of Big Ten teams. Cool. Um, so, yeah, it was good. And I played with the guy who won the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. So um, that was kind of cool to see. And Yeah, and then play – so that was, I mean – T11 and T6 to start the year was solid. Um, then we go to Rich Harvest Farms, Northern Illinois event, and I had a terrible experience there my senior year of high school playing the Western Junior. Just, uh, I mean, played about the worst golf you can imagine. And and here I shot 74, 70, 75 for a T44 finish at plus three. So that was disappointing. Um, the final round, 75, because I think I was T18 going into the day. I remember that. And I wanted to shoot like 62 the final round. And I realized that's not how you shoot 62. Oh. Again, patience. <laughs> Constant theme here. 
Um, that was fine. I was super mad about that for about two hours. And then I was like, all right. And then I'm trying to see here. So, well, there was also about two, three weeks between Minnesota and that tournament. It's a little time to figure out some things. And clearly I didn't figure out much because that didn't go very well. But 10 days later, play Purdue's event at Campin. Have you ever played there? No. It's a, it's a good court. It's pretty hard. Um, and I shot 75, 73, 65. Ooh, 65. 65 was good. Um, hey, what were your nines? Uh, twenty nine thirty six. Twenty nine. Shot twenty nine. I uh, yeah. So how's that even possible? Trying to remember that. Right. It's possible. Um, well, yeah. I know it's possible, but like, well, now you're gonna make me happy because I can tell it. Yeah, um, let's hear it. Oh, it was a nine. So it was. We played like twenty seven holes the first. It's supposed to be thirty six eighteen. We played like twenty seven holes the first day. Wasn't playing very good, and we got kind of like rained out or stormed on, I believe. And uh, so we had, like, I think I had eight holes left to play in my second round and then the whole 18 of my next round. Um, So I think I was, like, one over for the last eight holes. So I shot, what is that, one over in my second round. So I am four over for the tournament, and I wanted to get to four under, Mm. basically. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'm reading that right, and I, and I think that's a better way of saying like, "Gosh, I got to shoot 62." It's like, no, try to get to four under, so you just keep pushing yeah. type thing. And one bogey doesn't bother you because it's like, all right, I'll just make birdie on the next hole, and sure. a little more patient way to look at it. So I started on 14. It was a shotgun in the final round. Make par there. Make par on 15. Birdie 16, I hit a three-wood from, like, 270 to the back edge. So I knew, like, my swing and game was feeling good. Par 17, which is really good par, and then bogey 18. So I'm f- even through five um, on the back nine. Start on the front nine. And, I mean, I felt like I, I hit the ball the same all three rounds. I felt like I could have shot 65 all three rounds. It just didn't have any putts fall. Um Birdie one, make a 15-footer. Birdie two, make a 20-footer. Birdie three, make like a 45-footer. Birdie four, make a 10-footer. Make a 5-footer for par on five. And that was probably the biggest part of the day. Because you make four birdies in a row, you're like, oh, my gosh, heat check. Tough par three, put it to five feet and make it. So that was good. Um, So I'm four under right now. Um, what else did I do? So then we have a par five coming up, lay up, wedge it to 10 feet, make it five under. Then they moved hole seven up to drivable. So it was 295. Mm. I remember shooting that 295. Um, hit it to eight feet and make it. For two. For two. So there I'm seven under through seven. Are you scared? That sounds scary. Terrifying. Yeah, my heart was pounding. But, um, again, I was like, I need to, 700 through 7, I need to make, yeah. you know, more to get to my mark. Yeah. So setting that lofty goal was actually helpful in that situation when I actually did it. 
eight, hit a terrible wedge shot and two putt from like 50 feet, which was big time. It was like up and over, almost like through the fringe. Par nine, and then had a 10-footer on 10 for birdie, missed it. Six-footer on 11 for birdie, missed it. 12, I hit in the greenside bunker, hit it to eight feet and make it. So all pars on the backside, and then par three, thirteenth, hit it to eight feet and miss it for wow. sixty-four. So sixty-five, um, even par on the back, seven under on the front. Wow. Um, but yeah, that was super fun, and I felt like it was due because hadn't made many putts up until that point the last two weeks. Um, so yeah, Jeez. that was fun. Right around. Yeah, and finished third in that event. Another good field. Um, so yeah, and then I was pumped going into next week, the final one down in Vero Beach, Florida, but it's a scuba fest. Like the winner is always like 15 under individually and shot 70, 75, 73. So definitely not my best, but, um, yeah, overall pretty pleased with the last, you know, six months of golf. Um, yeah. So what? What would you say is the biggest thing? I guess, like, what has changed? What do you say is different from you, like, right now versus, like, your freshman year? After, let's say, even after a successful, like, freshman yeah. year. I, uh, I think my exposure to maybe how exposure to higher levels of, you know, competitiveness and talent, like, playing in these fields. Like, I would have, I didn't even know what the transmiss was, like, two years ago. And it's, like, a top ten amateur event in the country, so... Um, and then seeing guys. So what did you learn? What did you learn from that? That I'm like the same as all these guys, oh. essentially. Like not everyone's going to hit it to three feet every time and make every 35 mm-hmm. footer. So how I can kind of manage my game the best and use you guys at the golf practice and the tools to kind of succeed. And, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big stress relief knowing that like, and also the realization, especially the last six months, we're like, I'm going to commit to this and then swing so committed that I don't care where it goes type thing. Like, I'm picking a target two feet in front of me. I'm not, it's almost like I'm hitting on the range every shot. Like, I'm not looking. I look out there to find my target and then I trace it back to two feet in front. Um, that has helped a ton. So I can swing as hard as I can, at least with driver, but aim two feet for every club and usually it goes remotely where you want it versus, you know, if you're looking at a 40-yard fairway and trying to aim it in there, it's a lot harder. I've so that's found. what you used, to, you used to, like, you used to not pick a spot on the ground? No, I'd pick a target out in front of me. Like, like, like way out in the in distance, yeah, like a oh. tree line or something. Got it. Which is fine, but I found on the ground's easier for me because it kind of keeps me in that play box. Um oh. I are speaking so, yeah. my language. Think yeah. about the play box. <laughs> Who's that? Pia Nelson. Yeah, Vision, Vision 54. 54. Yeah. yeah, sure. There's girl. There's late. Like usually, like women golf teachers don't get any. Yeah, notoriety. Shout out Vision 54. But they got it. So, <laughs> um, cool. Anything else um, about how about like how you play? Like, are you hitting? You basically trying to hit the same shots that you were trying to hit then. Yeah, um, just I, my swing was in a spot where I didn't have many swing thoughts, which is which was very exciting. Now it's changed a little bit because it's, um, you know, we're in the winter and my swing did get a little off towards the end of the year. Um, 
but I was just trying to stay patient on every shot, and usually the ball wouldn't curve very much, so that was fun. Um, yeah, so I was lining up for pretty straight shots every time. Sweet. Yeah. Um, what now? Like, what do you have? Do you think about your goals for short term and long term? Um, I, I well, I really didn't set many goals this fall or whatever. Um, the only goal I set was to be around 71 scoring average. And I think I was like 71.6. So, um, that was good, but goals short term is to just keep putting myself in a position to win. You know, if you stack up the, you know, T six and third and whatever, um, eventually, um, winning takes a little bit of luck. So I feel like that will fall my way shortly. Um, Long term is just to be one of the better players in the world. <laughs> wow. um, but yeah, so no, it's exciting for sure. Did you do the Scott Fawcett thing when he was here? I did. Yeah. Is that something your team does? Like, yeah, did, did that change anything for you or not? Really? Um, I would actually go at most flags, unlike he would say. Unless there's water. You do that? Yeah. And you still do that? Yeah. Um, Because what I've found in talking with actually Patrick Flavin a little bit, um, who just played in his first PGA Tour event, who's a Miami alum, um, like you're not going to make any money in professional golf shooting even par unless it's like a U.S. Open. Mm. So you have to some way make birdies, and let's say you do short side yourself – well, now hopefully you have a good short game to rely on. Of course, it's not like excessive and yeah, right. all that. But yeah, I mean, usually seven iron and in, I'm going at most flags. So um, yeah, it's fun when you actually know where the ball's going. <laughs> I would imagine. But um, Scott Fawcett, back to your point, has probably been the most helpful on putting. Uh, just I've em- emphasized speed a lot Yeah, the last period of time. Yeah, you just like... Put, sometimes put will go in, sometimes it won't. Like right, yeah, it's hard. You can't really be yeah, and that's, that good. At that's it. helped my attitude too, because it's like you're not, you're not really trying to make anything. You're just trying to hit a good putt. Um, so and just live with the result. So, oh. yeah. What about um, what about golf? Do you like? Do you like the most? <laughs> um. What about golf do I like the most? I mean, that's a really hard question. I like the alone time it provides. Oh. I like to be by myself as a person, um, probably more than the average person, so it's a little meditative in that way. Um, in terms of on the golf course, I think hitting a good iron shot is the best feeling in the world. Or a club. Uh, really any club. No, quick. Like, what comes to mind? Like, it was pitching wedge. Oh, pitching like wedge. a low flighted pitching wedge. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, yeah. I'd say iron plays one of my strengths too. So, um, yeah, that feeling's awesome. What's the favorite course? What's your favorite course you played this past year? This past year, um, other than Shore Acres, because that will always be my answer. Um, I've never played there. Favorite course. Here it's I've incredible. Played in the last year, 
I would say maybe Winsong Farm, the Minnesota one. Mm, what's that like? It's linksy a little bit. Um, not that you necessarily have to play the ball on the ground, but there aren't many trees. Um, fescue and yeah, it's just a really really good test. Yeah, um, which I enjoy. You like? Do you like? You prefer a hard course? Yes, I actually do. Why? Um, I don't know. I've never, and it's definitely my fault, but I've never. And granted, I shot sixty five at a pretty hard course, but it's hard for me to continuously go low, and I feel like I'm ma- I'm a good enough ball striker to where I can make a bunch of pars and not have to stress a ton. So you're like tight, like Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Tiger in that Woods. way. <laughs> um, but he never wins like the shootouts, you know. Yeah, um, he wins like the U.S. Open. Right, but yeah, like if you're around pin high and you're hitting greens, then it's hard to really make a bunch of bogeys. Um, so yeah, I think I, my, probably the best stat of my fall was I only made one double all year. Wow. One for, double for five events. So it's a lot of holes to not make. Yeah. Geez. I don't even know how what I, happened there. I mean, water ball on a par three. Oh no. So yeah, you were probably going at the pin. <laughs> I was. Oh no. <laughs> uh, no, I actually wasn't. I was aiming oh. like, it was just a poor swing, all right. but, um, Oh, that's 270 holes. I just did the quick math. One there. double. So, um, wow. You yeah, I had like one double around like that spring. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, wait, Chris, do you want to stay here? Chris in the house. Chris Oler King, welcome. I don't want to interrupt. I no. know there's something magical happening up here. Yeah, we're nearing the end. Um, we've just been kind of recapping Danny's, you know, the last two years. Um, would you would you care to comment on his past two years of golf? Wow. Uh, my comment. It's a it's a ever evolving journey, ups and downs. It takes a while to figure figure yourself out. Um, and figure your stuff out and your processes, your routines. And so what I've been proud about Danny is he's just like always down to continue to keep learning. And mm-hmm. so um, that's given him an opportunity to continue, even in the low points, learn from those experiences. And then also when he's doing well. And so it was a spectacular fall season and summer. Um, probably, I think, the most consistent he's played and performed, um, but he still sees opportunity. We both see opportunity, so we'll just keep plugging away, yeah, one that? so one day at a time. Maybe Danny, like, what? Where's the opportunity to grow? From this um, I mean, everywhere. Maybe hit the ball a little further, hit it straighter. Um, I think that just comes with more reps, and then um, probably for us, it's short game. Make a percentage inside ten feet can really get up a little bit and we were working on that even today um messing around with the putter so yeah and are you still doing that bryson putter grip a little bit yeah i just i really like the security of and i don't have an arm lock like bryson but it's a straighter left arm feel just wondering yeah judgment no it's i feel like it limits face rotation a little bit which i've struggled with in the past um we chris we talked a bit about this the spring when he was having a tough time and he was on Instagram a lot, like looking at golf swings 
or you you know, where you where you getting texts like does Daily a swing text, look probably. right? I could tell he was thinking about it a lot. Yeah, I was getting a lot of a lot of feedback from him about what about this, what about that, you know, and you could see he was searching for the golden ticket. You know, and uh, it all changed when we we got up up in this room here with his with his folks, and we sat down, and Danny came clean on what he'd been experiencing and how he's feeling about things, and I gave him my thoughts of what the summer needed to look like um, from a competitive standpoint. I just thought he wasn't getting enough repetition under the gun, and so we played a lot more tournaments, and and that seemed to seem to help him. So. Uh, so yeah, so he's limiting knowledge and he's not looking at the trackman numbers as much and he's just he knows what he's on and he's he seems more trusting of what he's on. Yeah. Yeah, you you guys have had lots of um I don't know how would would you call them like come to Jesus meetings like up here? Maybe this can be, Danny can answer first. Like I don't know. Like what? I don't mean that in a bad way, no. but I just mean like we just have like a yearly recap. Okay. But, um, you know, their highlights, the good and bad, and where we can grow. Mm-hmm. But have the, that like, was, that would you agree that that's been helpful? Oh my gosh, yeah, because it puts everything in perspective, and then it gives you a route at least for the next month, if not twelve months. Um, so like, where's your was, head typically at? Like before these meetings, and then. Um, reflecting on the past year and then like going off the areas to grow. And I think this, this year's meeting, um, well, I guess we really haven't had, um, kind of with our coach, but, um, it just, each meeting throughout the years, we've probably done like four has gotten a little tighter in terms of what we need to work on. So right now it's most of the efforts going towards the putting. Hmm. Um, so yeah, which is exciting. Seeing some progress. I'd say, too, when I caddied for Danny, a lot of the stuff that I wrote him a long email afterwards stating the areas of opportunity that I saw. And a number of those are not mechanic-related. They're not swing theory-related. It's more about belief in yourself, um, committing to what you're doing, uh, you're trying to perform at a really, really high level, so it's important that just, you know, the judgment that you have about the way you're doing in certain situations or the little off comments that Danny would say, you know, Ooh. kind of the head, say? the head trash that he would that he would say out loud, which is really kind of dissing himself. And, yeah. and he got into a really bad habit of that without even realizing mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I'm just Can we get a specific, like, what, what would you, what was your go-to? Well, it's like, and they weren't necessarily even bad shots, like from a spectator's percentage or perspective. Sure. But it's like, hey, I hit a spinner that goes like 260 in the fairway. And yeah. it's like, just like a quick tee pickup, head down, gosh darn it sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And it's like, probably like a little, you know, mean to my playing partners too. Because it's like, dude, you just hit the fairway and you're complaining. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd say I'm pretty hard on myself and. Not that I'm demanding perfection, but I like to see what I've been working on yeah. in action. So, and so, like Chris, did you just see that like spiral a little bit? Like it would build or build on each itself. Like, well, it just it would happen fairly frequent, and it was like, 
you know, like it would be pie. like, oh, that's so, he would say like, oh, that's so ugly or the, oh, that's so gross or, yeah. you know. This is, and, that's what I was looking for. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Girl. it was like, yeah. to me, that's a, that's a knock on yourself, yeah. you know, when you're out there and you're managing yourself most of the time that it's like, hey, there's a lot of good stuff happening here, yeah. you know, like, let's just keep that, let's keep that in. Yeah. Um, and, and I think too, just like being in awe of other players, I think when you're a junior golfer, you know, you know who the best players are yeah. and then you get to another level and there's people ahead of you. And it's like, um, you know, Danny would make comments about other players like, oh my God, he's here. Or like, oh, that player's so good, you know? Yeah. And it was like, I feel like he's sort of like putting himself behind the people he's yeah. competing against. And yeah. in terms of belief, like if you're coming down the stretch and you're playing against that guy and you put him on a throne, I mean, how are you supposed to go out and beat him? So the stuff like that that, we, uh, that we've been talking about, I would say we're moving more and more away from technical, mechanical things and more about strategy and mindset. And I will say the Illinois Open was a huge, when he was on the bag, was a huge turning point for all that stuff. Um, so. he said, Danny said that was the first full round of his you'd ever watched. Is that true? Oh. Tournament round, for yeah. sure. All right. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure you know you had a chance. So yeah, we do like nine hole playing <laughs> yeah. lessons right. and stuff. Right. But um, yeah. okay, before we wrap up, Chris, what what's like a characteristic of Danny that you feel has made him succeed? You know, maybe more than probably is he, he's probably like your most successful student to date. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, why? What what, what is it? Whew. Good question. Um. I think it's the ability to be in the corner for two hours doing something by yourself without needing to be entertained, without needing other people to be around. Uh, I think that's a characteristic that a lot of great players have, that they're so engaged in what they're doing that the time goes by fast and they don't mind putting the time in because they're engaged in what they're doing. Mm. And so I would say that. When when you're here practicing, Danny, like, do you in, and you and you spend what two or three hours? Like, do you enjoy that time? Oh yeah, totally. And like I was saying earlier, I love the alone time, and it's kind of almost meditation, and it's fun, and you put in AirPods, oh. and it's like, yeah, it goes by so quickly. Um, yeah. There so were days where I'd spend like six hours here. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah totally. cause we've been. I mean, you were at our M360 practice. We've been talking about how. We're trying to set up this idea of like there's practicing and there's doing like the practice. And as like Chris and I and Jansen have been like planning for the class, we've used you as the example of like when he's when Danny's here, it's like he's doing all the work, but he's like there's like it's like almost like at a deeper level than someone who's just like, well, I got to do my chipping practice. I do my putting practice. I got to do my, you know, my iron game. Like, right. It's not like I it's not like I have to do those like I. I want to do that and get to do those type of yeah. thing is kind of the mindset I look at it as. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I love it. And uh, and granted, there are still times where I am not doing the practice and maybe just practicing, but it's there's still always some intent there Sure. versus, you know, just being on my phone and doing whatever. So, yeah. All yeah. right. Cool, guys. Well, thanks. Thanks for popping in, Chris. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Danny, thanks as always. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. I'm sure we'll do this again in sure. at least six months or a year. Love you back anytime. All right. Thanks. Right. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment or the moment defines you.
comes. 